Welcome, everybody, to episode 93 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. A little bit of a delay there because I my screen froze, so I can't see uh, what everybody else is doing, but I can hear them. Um, <laughs> we have with us again, it's November. We've got RJ Kamal with us to talk November, Grand Seiko, Scotch, you name it, all of the good stuff. Uh, it's been exactly 50 episodes since we first had you on. Uh, that was episode 43, and Buzzy reminded me that Probably one of our favorite. I think one of our favorite episodes for the three of us was when we had our friend Sandy on uh, from uh, Glenn Levet, among other brands, to talk scotch as well. That was episode 59 for those keeping score at home. But RJ, great to have you back to talk uh, things that uh, things that you're a big fan yeah, of. Fun to be back. Feels like I never left. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're, I think one of the things we'll dump into right away was one of the events that you were at recently here in the States. Uh, you were on a panel at the GS9 event in New York, which uh, Buzzy and I uh, were unable to attend. Uh, we both welcomed new little bundles of joy uh, right around the same time there, uh, right around that event. So uh, it looks like everybody had a great time, great panels, uh, just, you know, got to see a bunch of cool stuff. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, uh, wrist check, drink check. And uh I'm hoping that something in your glass is going to hint at another thing we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later too. Yeah. So wrist check the, uh, the white birch. I don't know how well you can see that. It's sparkly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then uh, the drink check, yeah, I've got some, there's a little bit of McCollin 18 left after last night. So we had a, uh, <laughs> we had a McCollin tasting and um, ended up being a lot more than one ounce pours. So we went through a couple of bottles, but there's still still just enough left to to get us through the podcast tonight. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what about you guys? I look forward. All right, Buzzy, what have you got? All right. Uh, so on my wrist, I, I do not have a, a, a birch. I do not have a grand sake. I have a, a very workmanlike. Doxa sub 300 T my C rambler. Uh, it's back on the bracelet after, uh, being most recently on the, uh, Cincy Strapco uh, elastic NATO. Um, uh, one, one thing that I did realize this week, it's incredibly handy to have, uh, if you have children, uh, uh one of the big things recently with, with my oldest is, okay, we're going to you know, do something for five more minutes. For example, you can play in the tub for five more minutes and then we're getting out. Well, it's very easy to set that bezel for five minutes and show them, Hey, when the orange hand meets the circles, it's, we're all done. That's, that's something that she has not uh, complained about. Uh, it, it, it works. It just works. So there you go. Buy, buy a Doxa just for that excuse, and uh, don't uh, don't uh, say that I told you to do it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, in my glass. Uh, also, it's been a while since I've had any adult beverages. I've I've been on a really unfortunate string of like, uh, we're gonna have some decaffeinated tea or <laughs> things like that. Um, but no, tonight I've got uh, some Glen Levet uh, 12. Yeah, just playing with a splash of water to open it up, and it is a delight. It's a, a wonderful scotch. Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> yes. Buzzy, I'm just impressed that, that your little one can, your older one can tell time. Yeah. Like, 
she knows five minute increments and everything like that. So you can well, see, I say five minutes and I set it for two <laughs> and then that's when they get out of the <laughs> Trust me on that. And then, yes, there have been times when five minutes isn't a full five minutes. Um, <laughs> but five minutes is kind of a standard length of time that she asks uh, for, right? I'll say, I'll say two minutes. She'll say, no, five minutes. Okay, got me. I, I would have been five, fine with five minutes the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that's that's just negotiating. It makes makes her feel like she got a good deal. Um, but yeah, yeah, it. Uh, she she loves watches. Uh, in fact, like when I put her to bed, you know, and when the lights go out and and we pray, a lot of times if it's one of my watches that has good loom, she'll want to see it and she'll want to twist the dive bezels. Uh, to to make noise, so uh, it makes me proud. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Buzzy, I also have some Glen Levet Twelve from our friend Sandy in the glass. A little bit of ice because I uh, I'm a little bit tired. I I had my mother in law is in town visiting, and because of that, I was given permission to go golfing this <laughs> afternoon. Um, Buzzy will note that it has been the high temperature today was 41. It felt like it was mid thirties. A little bit of rain, snow mix early this morning. More holes were dry, meaning it wasn't actively raining than holes that were actively raining. But um, I grew up in Northern Indiana, played football all the way through November um, in high school and then intramurals in college. So you got all the cold weather gear. You can put it on under all your golf stuff and still go out. And because you know something with three little ones, I was allowed to go golfing. Damn it. I was going golfing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless it was a torrential downpour. I was getting out there today. Uh, and I did. So I uh, actually played pretty well. I, I was joking with Buzzy before you joined mm-hmm. us, RJ. I actually played weirdly. I play better when the weather is garbage than when it's like a nice sunny 78 degrees, like no way. Like it, I play, I play better in the rain, which is goofy. Um, but it works. Um, so that was that was uh, <laughs> just my little aside for the day. And then uh, I also have on a, a white dialed Grand Seiko. I have on my SBGE 249. Yeah. Texture's not really coming the through blizzard. on the, uh, yeah, the Blizzard GMT. Yeah, a great um, strap. Yeah. So this strap, um, this strap came with my Alpinist that I got, mm. uh, the, the uh, Mountain Glacier. And it was one of the reasons why I wanted to buy the watch because it's like, it came with three straps and they're, they're all 20 millimeters and I have a ton of 20 millimeter straps. It's like that gray suede <laughs> is going to look great on the blizzard. Uh, and it does. So um, that, that's why that one's on it right now. Uh, weather is turned. So it's not gross to wear leather in Cincinnati anymore. So uh, busting out the straps, I, but it's always short lived because I'm always more of a bracelet guy. So they're on straps for a little bit and then it's going to be right back on the bracelet. Um, but uh, speaking of straps, I did run into our buddy, Zach. Uh, he did a little pop-up over at the local tailor around the corner from my house, uh, just the next neighborhood over. So I got a couple of straps from Zach over the weekend. I got a, you know, got a rep since he strap co. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, whenever he's, lo- whenever he's close by and I don't have to order it and wait for him <laughs> to mail it from one side of Cincinnati to the other, um, I go and I, I go and I hang out with him, but it was, it was fun to see him. So that piece, well, that piece is got, very versatile, which is great yeah. because it, you can really dress it up with a strap and 20 millimeters a nice size because it's got the snowflake case, right? But it's in yep. steel, yes, which it is does. even, even yep. better. And um, yeah. and the lug holes just <laughs> make it so nice. It does, but the, so you get the lug holes and you get a quick thing? release strap. 
I mean, it's yeah. amazing that you could switch it up within seconds. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was funny. So yesterday when we were at uh, the tailor, the gentleman was wearing a Breitling on a really big rubber strap. And he's like, oh, you have wash up. So like we talked him into – he ended up buying three. <laughs> Um, three different straps for his Breitling. His Breitling had a gray dial, which was perfect for olive drab green, navy blue, and then a gray. And he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. He's like, he's like, man, he goes, I'm never going to be able to get that these straps off like you did. And Zach, Zach's, he got three canvas ones, and Zach's canvas have the color release lug bars. Like watching somebody who's like doesn't know this exists learn that not only can you do this, but there's a system that makes it, it like it, it blew his mind. It was hysterical. Um, but uh, yeah, watching somebody learn what a, a quick release spring bar was um, was was pretty funny yesterday. But uh, yeah, no, this one's great. I mean, I gotta imagine you can probably do the same with the white birch. It's got that beautiful white yeah. dial, a little bit of blue. It's tough though because like, it's it's twenty two millimeter lug width, and so uh, a, a big part of the birch is the the new case and and the new bracelet. So the tough part with the lug width, lug width is because the the lugs are actually thinner. They've got a lot more cuts and angles, which, which is really nice. But on bracelets, um, it works as a whole unit. On I, I had it on a, on a strap, uh, a delug for a bit, and it was easy enough to switch out, but it just didn't seem like the the whole was as great as the sum of its parts. So I, it just works so much better on bracelet. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, why don't we go ahead and keep talking more about Grand Seiko because you were at an event recently in New York where you got to see a bunch of new stuff. You were on a panel. We'll probably want to hit on what your topic was there as well. Um, But, you know, before that event happened, I was actually at a a Grand Seiko event here locally, much smaller, obviously, uh, than the GS9 event in New York. And I, I was able to see a couple of new models and the new, the, the, uh, what lake is it? Lake Zua. The Lake yeah, Sewell. I saw that one. Oh, my goodness. That dial is spectacular. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, did you put your name down? Because I did uh, not. I did not yet. So do it quickly. <laughs> Apparently, it's uh, well, cause the um, well, it's worldwide. It's limited to, to 2021. So, oh, yeah. Apparently, right. uh, it's it's mostly well, it's all allocated, which means that mm-hmm. the retailers have all purchased as much as they can. And then in, in some markets, I think there's, there's wait lists already, but it is, it is a spectacular dial. It, it's the exact same case and bracelet as the, um, as the birch, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the spring drive, the five day spring drive with no power reserve on the dial. And, and it's cause I don't know if you've seen the, the manual spring drive, the, uh, what do they call it? The Omni Wada or, the, uh, the the messier yes, one, which yep. is also is supposed to be Lake Su, uh frozen over, but the dial it's it's similar in somewhat the texture, but the way they actually create the Lake Sua dial is very different and much deeper ripples, more layers of of the lacquer on it, and it it, it I don't know how they do it. There's probably just hallucinogenics that they pump you through pump through the, the venting system <laughs> because you look at that dial. And it looks like shimmering water. It looks like the lake <laughs> that is actually moving and alive. And it's probably just in in the whiskey they they give you when you come in. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never seen anything to to take on that optical illusion quality. As much as their dials in the past have been spectacular, this one actually is alive. It's 
so yeah, I've, I've got my name down for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the one that I saw didn't have the movement. No, it was the one that they brought with yeah, us. Yeah, thing. but it just it, the the dial work. I mean, but, let's be real. I, a spring. Yeah, the, I know it has the new have, five day spring drive in it. Did yours have a picture? I know what a spring drive looks like. <laughs> did yours have a yeah. picture of the movement? Uh, like you flipped over, yeah. they had a little, yeah, they had a little like cartoon yeah. <laughs> rendering of the yep. movement. Like, why? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know something? I think I would imagine that does that one have a display case back? Yeah, it does. I would imagine just seeing it empty would look weird. Well, you could just put. <laughs> sorry, this is a display piece. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but, although, if you're going to do a picture, I'm sure better pictures exist. You know, look at what you can do with <laughs> renderings <laughs> now. I mean, this is this is so. True. This was like the worst yeah. little cartoon. It was like the guy at the last minute drew it. <laughs> you know, at least you can put a, yeah. a high quality, <laughs> high resolution image and just sticker it on there. This was uh... well. At least, at least they had something there. I mean, I guess with a transparent case back, you would see there's no yeah. movement in there when you turn it over. But um, we were at a tutor event um, at our local retailer, and one of my buddies wanted to. The watch wasn't moving, and it was a chronograph, so he wanted to start the chronograph. So he unscrewed the crown. Yeah. And none of it, nobody knew, and the the the, the rep hadn't said anything <laughs> that they were dummies. So our buddy was just unscrewing the crown and unscrewing the crown, and it literally just popped out in his hand because there was no movement to keep it in the watch. And he was just like, like uh, our wa- the watchmaker there. He goes, he goes, man, the look on his face when that <laughs> happened, and then then like the look of relief when he's like, oh no, there's no movement and it. it's fine. Like he just screws right back in, like just kind of like he's he's like he was like. Uh. I didn't do it. <laughs> so at least there was an indication on the, on the, yeah. on the Suo one that it was, if you unscrewed the crown or tried to do anything with it, it was going to pop yeah. right out. Um, but that was, that was kind of funny. So, um, so what was that? So, so, so talk to us a little bit more about the GS nine event. Like what was, it was, was it one day or two? No, it was, I think it was, it was one, one day. day right? It was one day. It was, it was a long day. It was, it was from 10 AM till, till after six, but it. um, I mean, it was amazing for me because um, not because I was on the panel, because you guys have enjoyed a little bit more freedom as far as COVID goes than than we have. So you've been able to have more of the the get-togethers, and you've you've connected, and we watch with with great envy and jealousy on Instagram and and, and whatnot, and see you guys getting together with no masks and and actually humans next to each other. So. Um, that was the first get together. Like we've still doing virtuals uh, with, with the Toronto group and whatnot. So, so to actually just get out with, with real people in a human experience was, was the greatest part. And, and Grand Seiko collectors are, are very unique in that um, (laughs) among watch collectors. So it's it, we're all connected on a, on a very different level too, because it's one thing to love watches and then to appreciate them at the level that draws you to Grand Seiko. Everyone is is instantly brothers and, and friends, and so that atmosphere was was just like nothing that I've been to at any other watch events because it wasn't about flexing and and pissing contests and and it wasn't anyone who has different reasons for being into watches. I, it was just such a pure love of watch. And, and it was funny cause my wife um, came up and so she was there at, at 10 with me and then she waited till my thing was over and then she was gone. 
And then she came, she came back. She went shopping. Don't ask. But she went. She came back. <laughs> she came back she was, Everyone's still here. What? Everyone's like. But it was the most captive audience. Like we were all just there for every minute of it. And so that that part was was fantastic. And then it was at um, jazz at Lincoln Center, which as a venue in New York City was phenomenal. But like I, I told the, the Grand Seiko guys, you, you could have had this in a back alley in Brooklyn. We would have all still been here. <laughs> we would have all had, had just as much fun. But it was uh, it was great, like just to the human element. And then the fact that so many guys flew in from all around. So it gives you a chance meeting people from the first time. Hi, I'm, I'm George. Uh, oh, hi, George. Yeah, I'm... Loom Loom Essence on Instagram. Oh yeah, Loom Essence. <laughs> real name and stuff. George, what, what the hell is George? So all these people who it's amazing because you actually have relationships with, and and some are very strong and and close, and um, and you meet for the first time, and it feels like you're just reconnecting with old friends. So there was there was a big part of that atmosphere. So it was more the the atmosphere there was as important as the watches that were on display or or the topics of conversation. So uh, watch collecting on its own is something that that brings that. But the Grand Seiko collectors are uh, a more unique bunch in in the things that they pay attention to. So yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that that sounds like the sort of event that they have to kick people out at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah, as we only have the venue till yeah. six, there's something else coming yeah, in. Near the end, they just brought out some guy who started coughing. It's either that or yeah. and then this guy just started coughing violently, and so, so it was our cue. Yeah, that or hand uh, hand people brooms and tell them to start sweeping <laughs> up, right? Yeah. The only thing is we, we waited till the end to pick up uh, the swag bag and uh, they just said, we have three XL <laughs> left over. <laughs> so no one who fits a three XL and <laughs> wants a, a sure. No, I mean, it looked, I think, I think one of the, th- I don't know whether, I can't remember whether it was you who posted it or it was funny to see all the people that I follow and have interacted with on Instagram who all yeah. were there. And it's like, oh man, this would have been so cool. Cause I knew, I, I think one of the gentlemen who I'm, uh, yeah, I DM with back and forth, and he's he's been on the Warren and Mom podcast a couple of times as uh, at Watch Symmetry. Yeah, yeah, big um, big yeah. in Grand Seiko, and he's only he's just over in Indianapolis, like he's two hours away. So like we've yeah. like, we, you know kind of ships passing in the night on occasion, but it's just like you know seeing him, and then I, I think you 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 guys did a wrist shot with Timepiece Love, yeah, yeah. and then a couple yeah. of other like you're seeing all these people like man, everybody's there. Yeah. <laughs> like it seemed really like it seemed like a really special event from that perspective, yeah. like you said, with the human element seeing everybody who came in from all over. And then I can't remember who it was that posted it, but it was the sequence of, it might've been watch symmetry, how they make some of the dials. Yeah. Like they actually, they didn't show you how they did, but they kind of showed the process of what it looked like. And I was like, Oh, they're kind of peeling back the onion a little bit. The one thing that I want to know how they do, they kind of are like, this might be a little bit of how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must've missed that part. I think, <laughs> I think that was a deep fake, <laughs> but, <laughs> but those guys are awesome. Cause like, Tom and, and Jeremy and and it's always um, originally I, I had a little bit of always a little holding back and, and anxious like 
you talk to these guys online and whatnot, they, they seem okay, but they could be total dicks or they could be giant tools. But, <laughs> but everyone, they were exactly how you would want them to be. And, and they were such, such awesome guys. And so now I have almost maybe to a fault. I have no hesitation. Any, any member of the watch fam, Hey, you want to, I'm in town. You want to meet up? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or it's like, you know, rewind five years ago, I'd be like, I'm going to dial nine and one. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> <I'm gonna wait. laughs> yeah. you keep the car running and yeah. <laughs> well, well lit spot with a lot of other people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah. That was, that um, was probably the, the biggest treat was all, all these guys who, um, you know, and it's funny because with COVID that's all you had even with people who are geographically close to you. So you were just dependent on virtual relationships. And so it didn't matter if you had it with someone who lived three doors down or, or across the globe. So I think COVID was, was a big part of actually taking something that was probably coming in the next 20 years or so and just bringing it into a pressure cooker and, and increasing that level of familiarity and, and, and helping us experience the, the virtual connections but at the same time, there was nothing like a physical, real-life connection. So it's, it's nice that the world is opening up again because you can't replicate that with any kind of Zoom. Oh, exactly not. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the, the actual objects, right? We're, we're not uh, debating uh, philosophy, right? We're not uh, Epicureans yeah. debating with you know, some other schools of thought, it, it's good to talk about them, but at the end of the day, you, you want to put, yeah, you want to see a watch that you don't have that you've always been interested in, put it on the wrist, hope that the guy that has the watch has the same wrist <laughs> size as you. And if not, just kind of hold the bracelet in place. Like that's that's the draw. Let's be let's be honest, you know. That's a watch, but also the per- that's why one day you'll do this podcast and you just have to turn on one camera. We'll be in a distillery in Scotland, three of us and Sandy. <laughs> hammered oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly I can't wait for that yeah. one I, I I would love to be able to do that like like you were talking about go see go see go see him in person hopefully he drives the queue yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> which is hysterical to yeah. me that that's his that's the like but you know to each their own and that's what he likes I mean I just it's it's not even I would love to go and do the distillery tour. I'd also like to go spend a week with, weekend with him going to like all the little like antique <laughs> yeah. shops that he like, yeah. he, he comes back he's, he posts like, oh, this week's on. I was like, where did you go? <laughs> like, I just, I want to follow along. I just want to see what you do. Cause you just seem like a yeah. fun person to hang out with. Like, um, yeah, no, that we, we definitely need, definitely need to do that one um, in person at some point. Fly out. You know, go, go, uh, go, go get the tour. And, you know, the last time we did a, a recording in a distillery, a, an iPhone on a table weren't just yeah. fine. So, you know, we'll, we'll just walk around and let, let him hold yeah. it so he can talk into it all he wants because he's, he's entertaining just in, you know, you get him on that, on the right subject. Uh, and when you, he loves to talk about his work, um, that, that you can, you can have an amazing episode with him just talking about scotch while we're walking through a distillery. I would, I would listen to that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but, but, but speaking of speaking, yeah. you were on a panel <laughs> at the GS nine, uh, at the GS nine event, 
Uh, what was the topic? I was, I, was on the, uh, I was on the photography panel, which uh, okay, it's kind of kind of strange. I, someone must have got COVID at the last minute or something. <laughs> it was, it was these, these professional photographers, and then and then me. So, <laughs> but anyway. oh, man. how how so? Yeah, how in advance do they contact you? Tell, tell us. It was uh, well. The event, uh, you had a lot of notice, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> it was like, "By the way, <laughs> would you would you like to be on a panel?" I thought, "Okay, what? Uh, okay, then we'll let you know." It was like three days before. I say, "Okay, you're going to be on this photography panel with these amazing photographers who do this for a living." And I was like, "I'm a doctor. <laughs> do we did, did, did we get the right email?" I mean. <laughs> Am I invited to this event? And maybe, maybe get someone. But it was, uh, and and it's a weird thing to try to talk about, which um, I, I think we made for a pretty cool panel because for these guys who do it for for their job, it would almost be like me discussing disease states or things like that. So there's a little bit of dissection of the emotion because when I when I approach something clinically, you, you can't allow too much emotion. <laughs> into the into the room and you can't allow that to influence you so you kind of stay detached and so my perspective on on photographing my watches was all about how that it's like taking pictures of your kids or the uh you're trying to capture an emotional image rather than trying to represent uh the the piece for the sake of putting it in a magazine or for what needs to be shown for um for the catalogs so it's uh but it was neat because the conversation just always turns to watches and so the panel could have been named anything and the conversation probably would have been the same but it uh it was it was pretty neat and you know the the other guys who were on the panel like i said they're they're masters of their craft so learned a few tricks about taking pictures of watches and some of the uh some of the the tricks of the trade were, were neat to to witness and catch there and then the other panels they had what i thought i was going to be on was the collector's panel but <laughs> like i don't know we gotta fill a spot here so so they did the the collector's panel and then um joe did um you know more of a dissertation about the new movements and and then they did a, a japanese fashion panel to end it which I wasn't as as into, but at the same time they were like starting to put out the Centauri whiskey on the bar, so we were all like half half trying to pay attention and then looking like when, uh, <laughs> what's going on back there. <laughs> we kind of inched our way closer, but um, no, it was it was really neat. And then in between each of the panels, in a completely separate room, was where all the the new models were on display plus some of the older models and some of the limited editions that you would never get a chance to, to see because they were instantly sold out or they made only 20 of them. So that those, those are really cool. And then some of the watchmakers were actually assembling watches and they'd let you sit down and try to assemble one. Yeah, it was a really cool cool. setup Uh, enough to stimulate any watch nerd from 10 AM till six. 
So, so uh, was the watch assembly before or after? Well, it was, it was during. So the watch guys, I, I wonder if they were actually there working and some of those <laughs> assembled movements and ended up in, in watches because they were just working the whole time. And, and you actually had to, you know, a little bit of uh, respect and you like sit back and watch, don't disturb them. And so you just got to watch them do their thing. And they had on the screen, the, um, the magnified camera showing the pieces and what they were actually doing. And then there was uh, another one where you could sit down and, and try to do the same. Sure. A lot of screens That's went flying around. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Uh, that, that sounds like so much fun. That would be like my absolute favorite yeah. Yeah. Uh, thing ever. I've, I've, I've done so many small things yeah. that uh, need magnification and uh, uh, special tools, but I've never, I mean, never tried taking the part of movement and uh, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's not at all. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. When you do the first little step, you take out like just the, the bridge and you think you're a master watchmaker. <laughs> and usually they stop there. It's like, okay, you've, you've taken off and, and put the bridge back on. It's basically like putting a flat Lego piece on, on the board. <laughs> and then if, if they let you go deeper, it's like, oh, shit. And it, it's... It's one of those things. It's kind of. I think they they do it just to show you like how hard it is. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine if you started with it all disassembled. I mean, it would be, um, you know. And, and this is why it's it's training, just like any other craft. I mean, you you got to start with the basics, and then at some point it becomes second nature. But it uh, it. it would take a lot of training and education to be able to do it the way they do. It's fun to pretend, but, uh, right. And then, but you know, if, if they coach you through every step, it would be really cool, but they usually let you take a bridge off and put it back on. <laughs> See, you mentioned, you mentioned the, not, not just the new collection, you know, we talked a little about some of the new releases before we started yeah. recording. Uh, you got to see a couple of watches that I would like to see as soon as they hit some shelves here in Cincinnati. But of all the pieces you saw, the limited editions, the ones that were long sold out, mm-hmm. some of the historic pieces, what's the one that stuck with you the most? Ooh, the 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 rose gold five day power reserve limited edition, which has the the tree bark line texture. It's like a brown brown oh. dial. They did it in platinum too with a black dial, and uh, in rose gold with a brown dial, and that tree bark texture was absolutely mind-blowing and that was one and that's on leather bracelet and that's you know earlier on i said that the the birch didn't quite seem to sing on leather but this same same case dimensions actually looked amazing but that one um yeah that one that one was the one that that first like had the uh the heart skip a beat and even even the wife liked that one until she heard the price (laughs) but then uh, so, yeah. So we looked at. I, I can remember that one came out earlier this year, correct? No, I think that one was. Well, the platinum came out earlier this year. I think the rose gold was announced at the same time as the Lake Sua, 
But I could, okay. I could be wrong about that, but because I think it, the platinum one was what like that one was like sixty. Yeah, it was even more than that. Like, okay, yeah. it might have because I can remember remember when one of those was released because I remember the the, the tree bark you know texture yeah. on the dial. I remember that one vividly seeing the renders of that. I think it was close and to then 80. reading the price and. Yes, that yeah, because I remember my grandfather listens to it. He goes, "Okay, next time we're together, show me a picture of this eighty thousand dollars Seiko." Because <laughs> I got to, because I got to see this. So um, I remember that one um, vividly. But that one, but the Lake Suwa. I mean, as far as more for us regular people, um, the Lake Suwa was absolutely spectacular. It was everything that I was hoping it would be because I, I was worried about that one. You see pictures, you're not sure what to what to think. And, and, and it's limited. And so you kind of put your deposit down early and then not sure um, if it'll deliver, but that one, that one definitely delivered. So that one was spectacular. Even, even with a, a sticker on the back to represent the movement, but it was, it was a piece, <laughs> but it was, um, it was really great. The Godzilla was always fun to see the, um, the new four seasons. Although those are, those are in most cases right now. The, the new GMTs were really nice. And that one, and I love that they're still sticking with that, that level, like their basic automatic, which, yep. you know, it, it seems strange to say it's just basic automatic. It's a 20, 28,000 uh, or 28,6 uh, beats per hour movement, pretty much the equivalent of any Rolex Omega or, or most Swiss brands. And that's their, that's their base entry boring, boring movement. But, but at the same time, that's, that's where the the biggest price proposition or value proposition is. I mean, because what are those new GMTs were mind blowingly good. Uh, I think they're 50, 57. Yeah. Well, and the other one that they came out with one of our buddies has kind of on loan from a buddy, who bought one is the, the, oh, the, the, uh, three different color green ones that they did ah, yeah. in the U S market. There were only 150 each. And those I think were what? 4,500 or five. Yeah. They were under 5,000. They were something. 49. Yeah. And they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. And they're but just like, Chrono, they're like 18,000. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was like they did 115 each color, and the dial texture is just unbelievable. And they're like, yeah, it's a little manual wine, 37 millimeter, kind of dress mm. kind of fun watch in these three different shades of like beautiful greens uh, and like and that, y- you can't that was an upsetting yeah. one because that, that's one where if the border was open uh, no because <laughs> you, know, like, you know you can always send a text or an email but uh the, the renderings online and when they announced it online and and showed it uh it just didn't do as much for me but then when i saw them there it was it was one of those ah, you know like those, <laughs> yeah. those moments like damn those are good and and oddly enough the one I thought I liked was the the lighter pistachio dial and and in person that one actually looked really washed out so mm-hmm. the others were um, like the the teal and and the deeper green were just amazing and and that was the hard part is on on the pictures they kind of looked. They look more flat. They look more harsh, but uh, yeah, they, they worked really well. Uh, 
hopefully there's some people who are going to change their mind or <laughs> we'll see. I, I think you're going to see that one on Chrono for, um, for well above list for a bit. Yeah. I mean, just, just the sheer fact that they only made 450 in total, 150 in each color was just kind of, yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny cause you're like, you, you, they could have made 500 in yeah. each color and they still would have sold out of mm. all of them. I would imagine just like so fast. Yeah. I always wonder so, about the strategy. Because then you got the Lake Suet 2021 and 150 and 700 and really come up with these numbers. It just, they, they seem so arbitrary. But I think well, with Grand Seiko, the great thing is that the next one's just around the corner. <laughs> and any, right. any really I mean, great yeah. dial never really gets underutilized. <laughs> so you see some this of these very the other markets. And like, oh, that's amazing. Those those Singapore markets are European only. And it's only a matter of time where it comes back, maybe in a GMT instead of a three-hander. But they always find a way to, to spread the love around. And, and the next limited edition is so. So part of me is is just trying to get over that, that fear of missing out as a motivator. That's yeah. A, <laughs> it's a strong motivator. And realizing, oh, if I miss this one, that, that next one's going to come around soon enough. I am still just waiting though. So I, I tried on their new 43 millimeter divers, the, the blue, yeah, the, the, the blue the dial. With the black. They're they're Yes. They're really good. They're just, yeah, just a little too big. And it's like, the thing that blows me away is that that GMT that we were just talking mm-hmm. about and the previous version that had the ceramic bezel, those were spring drive. And then they also have the quartz ones that are like mm-hmm. that. That case is water resistant to 200 meters. Mm-hmm. Like make it, make the bezel a little taller, yeah. make that bezel turn. And you've got an awesome 40 millimeters. Mm-hmm. Like in my head, you, you, you make, you find a way to turn that into a dive watch. And at 40 millimeters, that watch is so good. Maybe it's a little taller. Maybe it's a little too tall at that point with a, with a dive bezel yeah. on it. But you're like, you've got a case that's almost the right proportions, make it a diver. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and again, their explanation is about the the need for that case to withstand. Cause uh but uh, I didn't know those other ones were rated to that depth. Because usually because the depth isn't necessarily how deep you're gonna go, it, it reflects how oh right, how much abuse the case can take before uh mm-hmm. the, the movement's compromised. But yeah, I, I find that they don't wear that big. My my biggest thing about the new divers was the the shade of blue is a little too matte for my taste. The blue on the five day power reserve diver is really nice. It's it's spectacular, and I really like the the high beat divers. But that one is a really big watch, <laughs> and and I like yes. big watches. <laughs> but that one, I don't know. It uh, it just didn't feel like the right the right dive grand seiko diver but it's uh it's got a very interesting case and and the shade of blue on the new five-day power reserve is great and not as well about where they put the power reserve so still not ready to pull the trigger on that one but we'll see I, i'm sure it's coming <laughs> I think they, I'm just, hopeful. yeah I, I just don't get why why they 
won't commit to making a sub killer. Uh, They've got everything they need. <laughs> like, are they just toying with Rolex before they completely like? Yeah, you wonder take how, them over. What's in the works, and then how long it takes to to come to market. But but they're also very interesting because they Grand Seiko has this this staunch commitment to to function um, primarily. So they still. You know, maybe as as it grows in the world market, and they start to realize that not everyone is using it for the for the reason it was designed. Because even you know some of the the things that most people complain about was the contrasting color of the date wheel on on some of the the watches. It just enhances the the legibility. So a lot of the decisions they make is because it results in a. A, a more practical, better functional experience for the, the person wearing it. So it has mm-hmm. to be more legible. So they do this. It has to be able to withstand forces. So they do that. They put this at that height for this reason. They hollow out the bracelet. So a lot of the, a lot of our gripes about the bracelets and things like that were all well thought over and the decisions were made based on delivering an, an enhanced functionality um, that is kind of the the opposite of what Veblen theory and, and Veblen consumption <laughs> is, is about. But yeah, at some point, I think that you'll see a little bit of that mix because I think we would all love to see that Lake Sua dial on a diver. <laughs> and oh yeah, and yeah, and and they're doing that to a degree with with regular Seiko. Yeah, I mean, I tried on some of the new words yeah. that came out in the three different. Co- those are amazing. Those are fantastic yeah, yeah. dials. They're not a Grand Seiko dial, but they're a really good dial for the money. Like they're doing it in other places. Yeah, and, but the funny thing is, is like you're, you're describing what you were describing on why they do these things. I tend to believe them when they say it versus some other yeah. brands because they're just like. Yeah, I feel like you just decided to not do everything. Whereas, like, with I know the whole, the whole, all, all the design elements behind the Seiko Five and all the things it has to have, and like, I believe it when Seiko and Grand Seiko say it. I don't know that I believe it when some other Swiss brands say it. <laughs> we needed Velcro for the tuner. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was what a self adhesive yeah. <laughs> bonding. It, what I <laughs> Velcro. Um, still like that watch. I still want to see that one yeah. in person. I think it's really interesting, but like, did you really have to do fixed spring bars on that one? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll reserve judgment until I try it on, but. Well, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's interesting with some brands, I don't know if they, they feel they're leaving money on the table by, um, allowing anyone to put any strap on their, their pieces. So now, you know, I, I appreciate the quick release bracelet to strap but then you're limited like the the Cartier Santos I really liked and I, and I loved how easily you could switch out but then you have to buy Cartier leather straps for a thousand bucks a strap which is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> so it uh you wonder if their main strategy wasn't to make it easy on you to switch out as much as it was to to keep every yeah. accessory <laughs> that you would have to buy for that watch in house I mean we talked about it. This the, the Grand Seiko I'm wearing still has l- drilled lugs all the way through. Yeah. All the way through the Zeratsu polishing, drilled lugs. Just swap it out, put it on a leather strap, put it on a bracelet. It's great. 
So we should probably shift gears though. I think we, we talked plenty, like we could go on for hours on Grand Seiko and then that, then we'd have to shift to Seiko because we are us and another podcast are very much on record on saying they need to make a new Pogue. Like just do it already, please give us a yellow dialed Pogue. I would love to see like a new, I would love to see that just, you know, we're going to, we're just be on record again as saying Seiko, if you're listening, I know you're not. New Pogue, come on. <laughs> you don't even have to come out with all of the colorways at mm-hmm. once. You can no. start with, with the, the Pogue colorway and then go to yeah. the, the PEP. So you can, you know, that, yeah, that's, just, that's just perfectly fine. Well, I, um, And it's not only that the, the people who love Seiko want that watch. I, I don't understand why they're not doing it because it's an opportunity for them to tell another story. And, and some of the greatest yes. Seiko stories are still left untold. And part of that, I think, is... is the, the culture that the, they don't brag about themselves and, you know, the, the, um, you know, the fact that, um, Oh, I'm trying to blank now. The, uh, the failure is not an option. <laughs> What's Apollo that? 13. Apollo 13. Yeah. But the, um, the, the Ed Harris character, I can't even. Gene Kranz. Yes. yes Gene, yes. Gene Kranz. Yeah. He's wearing a poke. He was. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he wore a sig and you know, you let, the entire Apollo 13 story unveil and, and let Omega have it without Seiko ever saying that the true hero of this story actually was a, was a Seiko man. And so there, there's so much opportunity to release a, a Gene Krantz and subtly just tell the story behind it. <laughs> and I don't know why they do it. Rolex didn't even make it to the top of Everest. And the Explorer yeah. is the one that everyone yeah. thinks of with that. It's just like, so they, they can, and here's Seiko. It's like, yeah, you know, we're just not gonna, we're just not gonna talk about it. It's okay. Yeah. So I don't understand why they don't make it, because from a marketing perspective, it 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 allows a story to be told that needs to be told, and they could probably sell watches, and and there's a demand for it. So you just wonder what it takes to reach the the head, and and how long in advance they they plan out what they're going to release, and and if it's a long time in advance, then it makes sense that they could have never anticipated the, the Seiko and Grand Seiko explosion, at least in, in this part of the world, because I've never seen a brand that just had that, that level of exponential growth and following going from this, this tiny little niche brand that we didn't even know about <laughs> too long ago. So. Oh, yeah. What, one other thing that I just realized that that was probably sweet about uh, the GS nine uh, symposium it's a chance to look at a bunch of Grand Seikos, not uh, in uh, a jewelry store with with their garish lights. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not uh, it's not as good as outdoor mm. light by any stretch, but a lot more natural. Yeah, yeah, and then to to walk around with them. No, that was, that was a fun event, and New York City is always a blast too because. Yeah, especially if you don't get a chance to see some of the other brands. I mean, Grand Seiko was was amazing, but then just a little stroll down Madison Ave, pop into the Langa Boutique and <laughs> Brigade, and it's it, uh, so it's like a candy store down there. Oh yeah, they've got it all. They've got it all. So why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little bit about. Uh, the contents of your glass and the little tasting event that you had yesterday. And then we'll, we'll shift it to, we'll close. But yeah. 
I know that you guys did this as a as a, a part of the fundraiser for November. So why don't we talk a little bit about McAllen yeah, and so we tasting did, event uh, and uh, some scotch? Yes, yeah, so we did a, a McAllen tasting last night as part of a November fundraiser. So we had the um, the Cameron Miller, who um, the McCall the McAllen Cameron on Instagram, uh, he is the the single malt ambassador for McAllen for all of Eastern Canada. So so his job is basically. To, to go out and promote McAllen. So he goes to restaurants, he does big venues, he does uh, events like this, and basically to, to take the group through tastings and tell the story of McAllen and then also each individual bottle and what the, again, the process and, and the thought process and design behind it and how they arrived at the flavors. And so it, all these things are always great because you as you're tasting the, the scotches you, you start to understand a little bit more about what you should be looking for why this one tastes the way it does compared to to the others and so mccullen is is kind of like the rolex of scotches to some degree <laughs> because there's a a big marketing powerhouse behind them and this incredible reputation but at the same time they, they deliver on the product in in the sense that the product's high quality not that you can get it easily <laughs> but uh, it's getting just as hard to get as Rolex now. But it's, um, you know, as with most things, there's higher quality barley and and longer commitment to aging. So the youngest McCollin uh, will be 10 years. So even in their non-age statements, uh, they'll never use any whiskey that's been aged less than 10. Whereas in with Scotland, you have to age minimum three years. So with uh, with some of the other distilleries, you can put some three year three year whiskeys into the blend and create a non age statement. So they insist on minimum ten years. It adds a little bit of extra depth and, and layers. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But it it was so funny because so much as whenever you learn anything, it's all about reinforcing what you've learned before, and it kind of goes back to what Sandy was telling us. And really, it's just <laughs> all about the barrels. And, and when you think about it, it's uh, alcohol has no flavor. You know, like people say, I like, I like vodka. It's like, well, it's not finished yet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> good vodkas have no flavor. So the only flavor you're going to get is, is coming from the barrel. And now as a consumer, the great part is you, you start to learn what you like and then what to look for. So there was one we had last night was the, uh, the McCollum Enigma and it's a duty free exclusive. And uh, it, um, is about four fifty Canadian or something. So it's, uh, you know, not their highest end McCollum, but not, not tip money, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the amazing thing with that is a similar, uh, approach. They only make one other bottle like it. And that bottle retails for about sixty five hundred, but the what brings it such such high levels of flavor is they use new oak, so they use part part uh, sherry oak and and maybe some bourbon casks, and then new oak. So when you get a new oak bottle or a new oak barrel, so that fresh wood is ready to give everything it's got. So you'll get a lot of those flavors out of the wood with much less aging. By the time you've reused a barrel a few times, it has less to give. So you have to leave it in there for more years to actually get anything out of it. 
So this is why a third fill barrel, you're not going to get many flavors. So second, second fill is, is kind of their favorite because it's, it's cost effective and you still get good, good flavors out of the barrel. Sometimes with new wood, it's a little too much. So this is where you have to really control it because you'll get too much of the resins and, and some of the, the harsh flavors of wood that you don't necessarily want. And then if you age them too long, you get too much wood and some of the alcohol starts to evaporate. So the, the great thing about some of these events is you learn those things, but it helps you then navigate the liquor store and, and find the really great values. Because if you find something from a distillery you like, or even from a part of Scotland that has typical flavors you like, and you don't just look at the age statement and the price, you can find some amazing scotches that uh, like the Glen Fittick 15 is one that uses new wood as well. So you get complexity of flavor that you might need 25 years in the barrel to, to achieve with other scotches. So it, um, and then plus you get to drink scotch. <laughs> so it's, it's always a fun, fun event. <laughs> and it was mostly watch collectors that, that were there. So we kind of gathered up uh, the group. So when you bring watches and, and scotch together, it's, it's always a great time. Oh yeah. Watches and whiskey. No, that's uh that's that sounds like a like a pretty spectacular event. And obviously you raised some money for the for the November November fund, mm-hmm. uh, which you know the first time we had you on fifty episodes ago, uh almost this time last year, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about that as well. So um, you know, those of you who follow RJ have been able to track, you know. The progress on the upper lip, the November, you know, the, 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 you, you did give away the Zania yesterday, but you've got a couple yeah. of other watches. There. Yeah. Zania, well, Zania yeah. went for yeah. auction, mm-hmm. which was a great strategy. I mean, the Zania guys were fantastic. So they just offered it up and I said, how do you, how do you want to do it? And so the Zania uh, was a little too special of a watch to just put as a random draw giveaway. So you wanted someone who, who really wanted it to have it and give them the, the chance to buy it with pre-tax dollars. <laughs> so we, we put that one just up for auction with the, the winner paying by donating to Movember. So he gets that tax credit back plus, plus a watch to show for it. So it was people who really wanted that watch and, and saw the opportunity. And, and it was nice because it sold for above the, the list price, but actually it worked out to be a good deal for the, the buyer and for Movember. So that, that one was great. And that, that one's gone. And he chose the meteorite, which I think everyone would. Choose. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then we've yeah. got some other, I mean, our sponsors, it's been amazing this year. I don't know if it's COVID and, and the frustration or stress or, or what it is, but the, the response this year has been amazing. So we've got a, a Seiko solar save the oceans, that was donated by my local authorized dealer, Kavar in St. Catharines. We've got uh, Spinnaker, who as, as a micro brand does amazing watches, especially at their price point. We've got a, a Fleuz and uh, the Aviate Matador. And then Deluxe, who, um, yeah, you guys have your strap guys too, but <laughs> Deluxe. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're fantastic. So the Folio is, um, is going to be raffled off as well, which is the most genius invention for any, any any watch guy 
Because I have a whole drawer full of just straps. <laughs> it's a, you open the drawer, some straps fall out onto the ground. So it's an actual, it's like your old uh, hockey card binders, <laughs> except for your watch straps. <laughs> I can't believe no one thought of it sooner. But so we're giving away a folio. And then Weltman uh, in Munich has a, a set that is a matching watch strap to pocket square to glasses case and key ring, which is really sharp. And so, yeah, there's a lot of prizes to, to give out, but I guess more that people want to be in, involved in, in the movement. And uh, COVID again has, has forced a lot of people to, to turn introspectively and, and look around and think about things. And funny thing about men's health and COVID, no one talks about kills twice as many men as, as women. So I mean, even COVID is a, is a man killer. And I don't think anyone's ever mentioned that statistic. And you know, with, with social justice and, and social climates right now, and that men's health, it's, it's, it's really unique because the last thing we ever want to do is assume the victim role. And we never want to assume that, that role of patient or, or weakness. But at the same time, we're getting hammered <laughs> by so many different things in so many different directions. So it's, it's not about trying to create sympathy. It's more about amongst each other, trying to rally the troops and say, you know, we, we've all we've got because there is no sympathy towards us. We're, we're enemy number one in a lot of groups <laughs> and no one, no one's really caring that much about us. And yet there's so many people who depend on us. So again, it's, um, it's about the, the guys helping each other and not um, letting anyone try to deteriorate into the, that victim role, but at the same time, not completely ignoring things that are going on and, you know, knowing that it's okay to ask for help. And the thing is that who do you ask, which is a tough part because it, a lot of guys are afraid to ask because in, in circles they're around, you shouldn't need any help. You shouldn't uh, have to have help. You're, you're privileged as being a man. You should feel guilty for what you have already, even though if you feel like crap about yourself. So it's more about the, the awareness amongst ourselves that, you know, we're all in this together and, and we're all we've got. And it's funny because it started as testicular and prostate cancer. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a two trick mm -hmm. pony. And those have become kind of the, the least important parts about men's health. So mental, mental health has become, I think, the, the biggest factor, the, the, the biggest elephant in the room. Uh, I saw a, a stat. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be just men, but like more, more servicemen and women have died from suicide than died during the global mm. war on terror. I mean, that's... That's staggering. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. and again, it's because it's not sexy or politically useful. It gets swept under the rug, and right? So if, if they're not talking about it, then no one will. So that's a, the great part. It's hard that, although not in some parts in the U.S. where we are, it's still hidden under a mask. <laughs> but every every <laughs> November, because it, it became part of that cue for the conversation. And so if it gets the conversation started, I think it is one of the, the most brilliant innovations and, and ideas is because you have a visual cue that then gets the conversation started. And even if 
the conversation only lasts a few minutes. At least it was there and, and a seed has been planted. So it's worth the itchy lip. I'm actually kind of digging it. I don't know. <laughs> People can't can people it, see as as well as here. Oh yeah, it looks good. <laughs> we can. I, we don't. We don't post a video. Oh, I mean, you, you've been doing a good job posting a, updates. Oh, if you're just listening in, just try to imagine. It's like Iron Sheik in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> it. What I would say is, it's it's. I feel like compared to last year, it's a little wider. I feel yeah. like it's gone. It's it's extended I'm a little. Struggling bit with what to do at the the edges. So. <laughs> just let him go. Yeah, yeah. Just let him go. Yeah, I know. I'm running out of time. Uh, I wish November was a longer month. I'd bring some wax out. And... <laughs> yeah, you need to. You need to. St- you need to start at the uh, start. Start mid October. Yeah, get ready yeah. for, for for November. Uh, the goal is to have the mustache already fully grown in, and then have some fun yeah. with it during during November next year. Um, no, nobody yeah, gets the rally fingers force going. You to get rid of it. Yeah. That, you know, uh, this well, is true. I mean, maybe. Maybe, Maybe the wife. people in your life will. Well, yeah, <laughs> nobody gonna, from the organization. I'm in a wedding. I'm in two summer. wedding parties at the end of the uh, before the end of the month. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they knew you, they should have known yeah. this was a risk. That's right. This was a risk. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't get married in November. Quite He's going to have a mustache. Well, it's funny because these these were destined. These went because of COVID. They got rescheduled <laughs> four oh. times over. So now now late November, <laughs> but. Was your Photoshop? Oh, like what they did in Justice League it turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that I got wrong. Yeah. I got that one wrong. Oh, did you? On your guess the mustache. That was one of the ones that I got wrong. Was that one? Um, I thought it was Ryan Reynolds, not Henry Cavill. Yeah, where's so <laughs> Speedy? Speedy Fett. I don't know if you follow Speedy. So he. Oh yeah. He got them all. It's almost like creepy. <laughs> I was throwing some yeah. up there. I was like. If, if no one's gonna get this, <laughs> and he got it, which was that's that yeah. was impressive. Those ones were yeah, that was that was a fun little uh, little trivia. Which is like you're like, oh, I know that mustache. <laughs> like Salvador Dali is the one that like if somebody wants to bring back, if yeah. somebody else wants to try to do that, like more power to yeah. those. That is that is a new level right there, <laughs> I guess. But you know, you got to be, you've got to. Be there's a good time with him too because the melting clocks the i can't remember the 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 persistence guess that time right? yes that one let's just like they tie it all back to to the topic but i mean that one was a good one sam elliott's is classic yeah you know his is just, yeah some easy one and then, yeah tom Selleck. you know he looks weird without a mustache yeah yeah like <laughs> there are some people you're like you're like oh you look weird with a mustache and there's some people like oh you should not have taken <laughs> Like, this was an that was an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> so, I do. There was I had a coworker back when I lived in Northern Indiana, and I, like he, he always had a mustache. Like, and from what I've been told, like for the last twenty years, he has. And there was another gentleman who I worked with at, at my last job, um, who said essentially that he. I don't even know if his wife's ever seen him without a mustache and like he, he just retired. So he was in his mid sixties. So think about that. Like he's been married. His kids are older than me. Like he's, you know, he's 65 probably got married. I think he got married in his mid twenties and his wife has never not seen him with a mustache, which just blows me away. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you didn't just try. Um, (laughs) 
just just to see. Uh, <laughs> give it a couple of weeks to come back. <laughs> but um, no, that was you, you've done a really good job promoting it this year. I mean, I feel I feel like especially this year with the, the mustache stuff. I mean, obviously you've had the drawing and and the auction and then the tasting. I think you're right. I think that just the, the last couple of years, people are kind of craving that that sense of community, that sense of the human element, the, the the human touch. Like you said, going and actually meeting these people in person in New York. Just you don't know how much you rely on that type of stuff, how much you take it for granted until it actually gets taken from you. And I think I think that's kind of a little bit what you're seeing. This this kind of like looking for a community, looking for a place where you fit. Um, just, just kind of makes a lot more sense, and it does. It ties into, yeah, exactly. What think, looking for if you, and, you, and you don't have a sense forward, of community, you don't have a sense of, of place, really and sense of belonging. <laughs> you don't really, you don't really have. Like that's got to, that that just wears you. I mean, no, another thing that wears on your mental health. We just went through daylight savings time, pitch <laughs> dark for the last five hours. I mean, any number of those things. It, it's it's amazing how you you kind of take all of it for granted. Um, so it's just been, it's been, it's been great to see people rallying to the cause this year. It seems like more than they have in the past, which is just absolutely fantastic because it's important, like you said, and I know you live it every day with, with, with your day jobs. I know you, you, you're, you're right in there, right there on the front lines, um, which is, which is great. But it's, I think moving forward, it's, it's going to be really exciting because the virtual part of things, like, like we said before, has brought so many people together. So Mm -hmm. And, and keeps people in touch. <laughs> and so now yes. to be able to also then say, okay, we're going to hop a plane and, and come down. I think that mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see a, a sense of community that has never existed before. And you know, we'll, we'll look back on COVID favorably for all the things it brought us. Because uh, you know, a lot of these Zoom type things wouldn't have existed. <laughs> and, you know, maybe our our dependence on social interaction on the virtual platforms wouldn't have existed. And there's going to be some collateral damage for that, for people whose lives have been lost to social media. But, but I think at the same time, it's going to be one of those things that also adds to the enjoyment for so many. So I can't wait to see the, the events start to roll out again that are also Mm -hmm. virtual at the same time where you could attend watches and wonders in person or as a fly on the wall and, and it's, it's all there. So it, it's really exciting because the trade shows I have a love hate relationship with as far as watches go, because it's, um, you know, it's, it's too much too soon, but at the same time uh, or too much at once, but at the same time, it's kind of exciting because you, you, oh, yeah. you anticipate okay, all these, the new watches are coming. So I, I kind of like the blend of the rolling, rolling announcements throughout the year, but also the one, the one event where, you know, you're going to see some novelties and you plan for it. And if you wanted to go live, you, you could. And the fact that now this will direct to consumer focus is become a priority for brands. It's a, it's a great time to be, be part of watch collecting before you were, you were dependent on watch time magazine and forums with, with a slow internet collection connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or, or like like our, our guest our guest last week, Josh. Uh, we had the editor in chief from Washington East here in the U.S. on Josh Shanks. Oh yeah, yeah. And 
Yeah, and uh, he was talking about. He's like, "Yep, nope, I was the guy. Got my first Rolex. Got the Explorer. Scratched it. Was the guy on the Rolex forums. What do I do? I scratch my watch. <laughs> you know, all that kind. Of, it's like all the things that everybody makes fun of. I was doing all of that. Don't worry. You know, everybody does it. You know, when you're new to the hobby, it was just the. But yeah, the forums. Just yeah, everything. It's it, it's it, it, yeah. I, I'm with you. It'll be very interesting to see how all of this evolves now that. You can meet in person, but you're right. You don't want to lose the technological aspect behind it because it opens it up for so many more people who who can't physically be there for any for any number of reasons, um, which I think is great. And the forums forums have gotten nasty. Have you been on any forums lately? Yes, they have. At some point, somebody needs a hug because (laughs) they need the human element. Because holy shit, what is wrong with you people? Like what? Man, <laughs> it gets nasty in a hurry on some threads. Uh, Not sure what's yes. going on. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, the the the, the forums are getting uh, they used to be the wild wild west. Now they they kind of come back, and it's like everyone's just trying to shoot everybody else down. Yeah. Um. So come on, people on forums, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> we're all in this together. We're all we're all we've got. Yeah. We're all we've got. On any number of levels. I think that was the nicest thing about uh, the GS9 event is I don't think anyone said the word Rolex <laughs> the entire day. <laughs> so so it's very hard to get into a watch conversation on any level. And I think it was mentioned, yeah. it was mentioned a couple times at looking at the new um, GMTs, but only in, in the context of, of the, some of the design elements. Although the mm-hmm. Grand Seiko GMTs just completely destroyed the Explorer. You, you can somewhat see how people might draw a similarity, but every every edge and angle and detail on, on the GMTs was at the level of what you'd expect. So the, yeah. the finishing is like a master class of what a Rolex Explorer might look like if, if they put some more effort into it. <laughs> those, those ones are spectacular. Yeah, I I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing that one because as soon as they dropped that one, I was like, ooh, that fits all of my, that checks all of my boxes for for the new the new baby, and oh, it okay. looks man, both of those dials look phenomenal. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see them in person. And you know, it's just a matter of time before they they make it out yeah. there and, it, and and put it so on a distressed yeah. brown leather strap, and that'll look that'll look spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, but well, RJ, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Um, you know, obviously I think we'll have to do this again. Maybe we'll get reunited with Sandy yeah. uh, here in the not too distant future I have to check in on him, make sure he's still out hanging out at the, uh, <laughs> at the antique stores and, and driving the cube around and still blending some excellent, excellent scotch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you for helping bring, uh, bring shine some light on the cause a little bit more. I think it's been, like we said, been a fantastic year for November. Um, saw that you were in the top, top five for fundraising for, uh, for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Austin <laughs> so Matthews, uh, who's the, the Toronto Maple Leaf superstar. He's got a little <laughs> bit ahead of me, but <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on, um, you know, look forward to, to chatting again soon. And like we said, as, as the borders are now open, maybe we'll get to do this with an iPhone in the middle of the table at some point. Absolutely. That's right. With scotch all around. <laughs> you guys just wouldn't have it any other way. So it's, it's been great having you. Thanks again for coming on and uh, we'll catch everyone next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again.
Take care. You too. See ya. <laughs>